It is Saturday, June 22nd, and this is The Rally. Hey everybody, Adam Giardino with you, and it's time for another episode of The Rally. The Rail Riders' win streak came to a halt. Scranton Wilkesbury has played so well lately, but that was halted by the team with the best record in the International League, the Durham Bulls. It wasn't without effort, though. The Rail Riders fell behind early. They gave up a run in the second, three runs in the fourth, and so immediately they had some work to do. But in the fifth inning, some guy that has just been so darn consistent for the Rail Riders stepped to the plate, and that was Logan Morrison. Jake Smolinski's still essentially in center. Morrison tees off on one to right to the warning track, and this is gone. Put all nine in the outfield if you want. It's not going to matter. Logan Morrison, 11th home run of the season. The Rail Riders' first hit of the night. It's 4-1 in the bottom half of the fifth inning. Morrison, the one true highlight yesterday for the Rail Riders, made it a 4-1 deficit. Over his last two days, Morrison, 7-for-8 and has raised his batting average up to 288 to go along with 11 homers this season. And he was the guy that potentially sparked a late ninth inning rally. The Rail Riders entered the bottom of the ninth, trailing 6-1. And the inning began with the first four men reaching. Double for Logan Morrison, single Ryan McBroom, Ghost K. Coteau, and Eric Kratz. So four batters in, the Rail Riders trailed 6-2. And despite entering the inning trailing by five runs, they brought the tying run to the plate with nobody out. But then line out, pop out, line out. And the inning ended, the game ended, a 6-2 victory for the Durham Bulls. They improved to a league-best 19 games above 500. they They're 46-27. Rail Riders' second-best record in the league, 13 games above 500. they They're 42-29. We zipped through the highlights, as mentioned, really only the one true highlight from Logan Morrison in the game because we had a rather extended two-part conversation with Baseball America Associate Editor Josh Norris who over the last six years has worked for Baseball America, and in large part his responsibilities have included covering the Yankees organization. For six years before that, he covered the Trenton Thunder for a newspaper at Trenton, New Jersey. So Josh has been in the throes of New York Yankees minor league baseball for over a decade. At the midway point of the year, wanted to pick his brain, and tomorrow's episode will feature... The second part of the conversation, which really focuses on the rail riders, but the first part of this conversation focuses on the rest of the system, from double-A Trenton to high-A Tampa to single-A Charleston. Josh has had a taste of just about every level of the Yankees organization this season, including making it out last weekend to Durham, North Carolina, to see the rail riders and the Durham Bulls in person. But we begin with double-A Trenton, where Josh Norris couple of times this season has had a front row seat to the Trenton Thunder and to a couple of their prized young arms, both Albert Abreu and perhaps more specifically, the uber impressive Davey Garcia. So I've made two trips to Trenton. Okay. Um, I saw Davey and Abreu in Richmond uh, toward the beginning yeah. of May. And I don't think I saw either of them at their best, but you could see flashes. And, you know, there, there's going to be a lot of hype thrown around there about Davey as Pedro Martinez and all that thing because he's a smaller right-hander with a, a streak about him who strikes a, lot, strikes a lot of guys out. He's not Pedro Martinez, but he is very, very good. He's got, he's got a low, low to mid-90s fastball that moves pretty well. He's got a wipeout curveball. He's got a changeup that could be plus, and he's added a slider since I saw him last um, that he's given him another wrinkle in his game. He is one of four pitchers in the minor leagues who has 100 strikeouts. He's got one of the highest swinging strike rates in the Yankees system. 
he's, you know, I still love the nugget that he, in less than 290 days, he clinched the division twice for the Trenton Thunder because <laughs> they moved from a full season schedule to a half season schedule, and they just happened to be able to clinch that night. And in those two starts, he struck out 22 in 11 innings, given up one hit, and I think walked two all shutout innings. So, and he's just 20 years old. So he's he's clearly the top arm in their system right now. There was a little bit of skepticism on him coming into the year, um, based primarily on his size and durability. But I think he's blown past any of those concerns this year and could be poised to jump way up the top 100 uh, later in the year. And I, I don't think we'll see him in the big leagues, but it's not out of the question. You know, when when you talk about a bit of an undersized right-hander, um, especially recency for the New York Yankees, I'm thinking Luis Severino. Is is that not an apt comparison? I guess what what are you hearing versus maybe what you heard about Severino when he's coming up that makes you think things could be a little different for those two? Well, I don't think they're necessarily the same kind of body. Um, Severino, I think if you stood them next to each other, is a little taller. He's definitely a little thicker. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there was durability concerns with Severino, um, but he and this year they look like they've come home to roost. But uh, he was a, a very interesting type of prospect. Like he was a three pitch guy. Now, uh, now uh, Davies a four pitch guy. I think they they're very very good pitching prospects. Both I would think Severino was a better one, but Davies a really good pitching prospect in his own right. Like. When, when Severino was coming up, it was at the same time guys like Giolito and Glasnow were coming up, and he was mentioned in the same kind of circles as them, as a guy who could be a true number one. I haven't heard true number one yet on Davey, but um, we'll see. He's, he said he's still growing. Josh Norris, Associate Editor for Baseball America, our guest here on the pregame show. We'll jump you down just the two more levels, and we'll get you out of here. Don't take up too much of your time. You haven't seen, I don't believe you've seen the the Tampa Tarpons this year, um, but a guy that has had a resurgence, and I'm wondering if you've heard any whispers of updates on this guy. Dermis Garcia, whose numbers early in the season would make you think, okay, he's just off to a good start, but it seems that he's maintained some of these numbers, maybe despite a higher strikeout rate. Um, he seems to be an exciting prospect who's maybe getting back onto the radar. So I wonder, from your perspective, what do you know, what are you hearing about Garcia down in Tampa? I mean, the numbers are better, and they're certainly very, very good. And, you know, he won, he won the, uh, the home run derby in the Florida State League All-Star game. But what I've heard from him, it's, it's not a whole lot different, review-wise. He's got big, big power. He's got big, big strikeouts, and uh, there needs to be a refinement in his approach to uh, allow him to make more contact when he gets to the upper levels. It's been great this year at Tampa, but I think pitchers will find holes. At least the scouts I talked to think pitchers will find holes as he continues to go up the ladder. And we'll wrap with single-A Charleston. Uh, you're heading down to, to catch Charleston in some capacity, catching them uh, for the first time this year. What are your targets? Who are you looking to see? Who excites you that you're going to see from that River Dogs team? Well, okay, this is the second time I've seen them, actually. Okay. I saw them. They came into Greensboro here briefly, and I saw a guy named Alexander Vizcayeno, who yes. I really like. 
He's, you know, exactly what the Yankees have in spades. He's a young, hard-throwing right-hander. He was up to 99 in the South Atlantic League All-Star game the other day, although he got hit out or got hit pretty hard. Yeah, five I'm runs in just a third of an inning, right? Yeah, he got hit pretty hard, but, you know, that'll happen. Uh, he He's, uh, you know, up to 97 as a regular starter with uh, you know, plus change-up, and the curveball's getting a little bit better, too. The breaking ball is getting a little bit better. Um, and he's got every he's got the makings of another one of these Yankees guys who jumps up a little harder, uh, jumps up a little higher under the national radar and starts making some noise. they got a guy named Luis Heel in that rotation, who I will not get to see, but I saw last year, who's got a big, big fastball, a pretty decent changeup, and there's the, the curveball is improving. If it sounds like the same as Vizcaino, it's very similar. They got him for Jake Cave straight up last year, I think in the offseason. Um, and or two years ago, I guess, in the offseason. And he's been pretty good. Uh, they've got, I'm going to see Nolan Martinez, who was a, a big draft guy a few years ago. He's doubled injury issues. I'm going to see Rorancy Contreras, who they like a lot. And I'm going to see Luis Medina, who probably has the best stuff in the organization, but has never been able to unlock it. Um, he's got, you know, an eight fastball, maybe a seven curveball, potentially a six changeup, and, but just has zero command. Um, I'm also going to see their first-round catcher from last year, Anthony Sigler, who um, notably taught himself Spanish to be able to work with pitchers better because there are a lot of them in baseball and a lot of them in the Yankee system. And the first start those two had together, Medina and Sigler, went really well. So I'm wondering if having a guy out there who's you know notably a, a really good makeup guy who can speak the language is going to help get Medina over whatever mental blocks he has right now and unlock the potential that he clearly has in his right arm. He's never been seriously injured. He has a clean delivery, and he has nasty stuff, but he walks a lot, and he gives up a lot of hits, which is, you know, obviously something you wouldn't expect for the stuff he has. And I think and one other guy to watch on that team is uh, outfielder Brandon Lockridge, who is not a high-profile guy coming into the year, but has made some waves, and evaluators are starting to open their eyes a little bit about him. He's a guy who can play some center field. I saw him rob a home run. He can hit for some power. He's he's an interesting young player, and you know he's not going to get a whole lot of credit just because this system is so stacked with pitchers, and, and, and he gets overshadowed sometimes on that team. Should we really be surprised that a guy that taught himself not only to switch hit but to switch throw as a catcher uh, could also teach himself Spanish? I don't think I'm that surprised by that. No, I'm not either. It's, it's again when when people talk about him, they talk about the uh, the, the makeup that they have that he has and how uh, how excellent it is all the way around. So I'm not surprised at what he does. A big big thank you to Josh the associate editor for Baseball America, for joining us on the pregame show yesterday. And thanks to you for making the really part of your day today. I'm Adam Giardino. Follow me on Twitter. I'm at Adam Giardino, G-I-A-R-D-I-N-O. We've got first pitch at 635 tonight. Pregame coverage with Adam Marco and me begins at 605 on the Rail Riders Radio Network, the TuneIn Radio app, and on the MILB First Pitch app as well. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you later tonight.